The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch John Wick. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What's up, Jason? Not much. How about you? I'm just chilling, man. What are you drinking today? Uh, I'm Michelob Ultra today. Cool. Also with us is Mugga. How you doing, Mugs? What's up? Well, what are you drinking today? Uh, got an Ultra also and some red wine. Uh, making a return is Dominic. Dominic, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Kerwin? I'm great. What are you drinking? Same as everyone else. So you got the wine too? No, or? Ultra. Oh, just Ultra. Okay. <laughs> Dude, you want some wine? <laughs> I'll take some. All right, cool. Uh, and uh, also rounding out the crew today is Erica. Erica, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking? I, too, am drinking a Mick Ultra. Very good. So today we're talking about John Wick, released October 24th, 2014. It's produced by Thunder Road Pictures, uh, 8711 Productions, MJW Films, Defy Night Films, and it's distributed by Summit Entertainment. It stars uh, Keanu Reeves, Michael Nyquist, uh, Alfie Allen, Adrian Palicki, uh, Bridget Moynihan, Dean Winters, Ian McShane, John Leguizamo, and Willem Dafoe. It's directed by Chad Stahelski and uh, written by Derek Kolstad. Before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga, why don't you tell us about uh, the financials? So this movie was successful, costing around $30 million to make. Um, opening weekend, uh, $14 million. It did pretty much the same, both foreign and domestic. 44 for domestic and 45 for foreign. Total $89 million. Um, it's weird that I also looked up the numbers for John Wick 2. And that basically doubled on everything. Opening weekend, domestic, foreign, everything. And then that made like 172. But um, I looked up movies that it competed with um, at the time. Guardians of the Galaxy was in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Michael Bay one, um, were in theaters. They were on like their 12th or 13th week. It also was going up against Gone Girl ahead of that. But one movie that was ahead of it, because it was actually second opening weekend, was Ouija which I thought was weird because that movie's got like a 10% on the Rotten Tomatoes. Ouija board movie? Yeah, that, yeah, that oh one, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you spell that? O-U-I-J-A. Nice, Ouija. nice. Ah, yeah. Right. But yeah, so that's, uh, that That was Ouija. first at the time. Ouija. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> that was second at the time. Um, Ouija was first. I mean, like Guardians, all those had been in for like at least 10 or plus weeks. So, But it was it was a success financially and then obviously they're making a third one now. So number two was good. But yeah, those are the finances. All right, Jason, why don't you tell us what the people thought of this movie? So again, starting with Rotten Tomatoes, the critics, 87% of them liked it. Um, the average rating was a 6.94 out of 10 with 204 reviews. And then the audience, uh, 80% um, of the audience liked it with a score of a 3.9 out of 5. How do you guys feel about those scores? I'm cool with that. Yeah. You guys, I'm you, fine with that. Yeah, You guys feel like that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I'll yeah. go a little bit. This is a smidge higher, but I feel like those are... You said the average score for the critics was what? 6.94 out of 10. It's about where I put it, maybe, yeah. IMDb had it a little higher at 7.3 out of 10 with over 423,000 reviews. Seems like overall this movie is well accepted. Um, reception's pretty good. I mean, they're making a third one, but we'll get into how each of us feel about this movie <laughs> yeah. later on. Oh, yeah. We're going to tell you some things you don't like, people. Oh, yeah. John Thick. <laughs> Does that count as a pun? I'm keeping track now. Does that count? Or? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, you decide. Erica's on the board. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So getting into behind the scenes, uh, the idea for John Wick came from screenwriter Derek Kolstad. Uh, the original story called Scorn uh, was very much like John Wick about a gun for hire coming out of retirement looking for revenge. Kolstad shopped his idea around until Thunder Road Pictures bought the script 
He received offers from three studios in total, but because Thunder Road wanted to make the movie right away, he went with them despite them offering the least amount of money for his story. Keanu Reeves was signed on shortly after and worked with Kolstad to develop the screenplay. Uh, the movie was originally going to be called Scorn, just like uh, the original story, uh, with the main character still being named John Wick. Keanu Reeves liked the name so much that anytime he talked about the film, he would always just say that he's making a movie called John Wick, even though it was called Scorn at the time. And then eventually, John Wick just became the title. Kolstad named the main character John Wick after his grandfather, and his grandfather loved the idea of his name being used for him and in a movie, and basically gave him the go-ahead to use it. Kolstad was on set during pre-production and during production, and he said he enjoyed his time and he felt welcome on set. Um, it was a very collaborative process between him and the directors. And, um, you know, he kind of went into it with the mindset of knowing that not everything on the page makes it to screen and some things are going to have to change in order to fit it to the format. Unlike some people, uh, E.L. James from Fifty Shades, who was, oh a, God. Yeah, who was very controlling. <laughs> How do you but have to bring up that? Name? No, I, I think it's just a nice contrast. You know, yeah. that was like a specific thing that he mentioned. Like he knew things would have to change and yeah. he was totally OK with it. So it Fifty was, Shades of a Wick. I, I guess. <laughs> That's two, right? That's two. Erica's gone. Erica's She's got it. Growing right now. What's going on? Erica, please two, take over. Two oh. All right. As far as the directors, uh, so even though this movie only lists Chad Stahelski as a director, uh, this movie actually has two directors. That would be Stahelski and David Leach, but only Stahelski is credited because of rules with the Directors Guild of America. So the Directors Guild of America ruled that only one of them could receive a director's credit. So Stahelski was formally listed as the director and Leach is formally listed as the producer. Uh, the DGA rules that a film can only have a single director in order to preserve a director's vision so that actors or producers can't try to claim credit for the direction of the movie or a studio can't hire multiple directors for a single product. Personally, I think this is uh, specifically put in place to protect people who actually direct so that you don't get booted off a project mid-production right. or something like that. And I think that's why it's there. Um, you don't want to have the project taken away from you if you're a director. Um, the only time the DGA recognizes directorial teams is if two directors have a history of working together. Examples of DGA-recognized teams are the Wachowskis, the Russo brothers, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and the Cohen brothers because they have a history of working as a team. So because this is uh, Stahelski and Leach's first project together, they weren't given the, the go-ahead as far as receiving credit for the movie. Wow, that's interesting. And Leach actually voluntarily stepped in and said, I'll be the producer and so that the, well, I can't pronounce his name, the other, the director. Uh, Stahelski. Stahelski. So I read that one of them was the stunt double for Keanu in The Matrix. Just one is that one? Stahelski. Is that, is that one? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was interesting. And I guess they hired a bunch of other people, too. I know we'll get into that. But from The Matrix, they all work together. Yeah. There's a couple of people that in The Matrix that are on this film as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you have more. Oh, you're good. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Fun fact, Dominic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun fact, Dominic. I like that one. Please count that one. Count that I'm one. I'm not leeching off oh. anyone. <laughs> Can't keep up right now. I love this. <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of The Matrix, uh, Keanu Reeves did work with them on that film, and he wanted to bring them in for action choreography and second unit filming. Both directors are second unit directors, stunt coordinators, and stuntmen. Between the two of them, they've worked on a ton of films, including The Matrix Trilogy, The Bourne Franchise, Captain America Civil War, The Wolverine, Spider-Man 2, and Fight Club, to name some. Chad Stahelski actually doubled for Brandon Lee in The Crow uh, after he died uh, during an onset accident. Um, he would stand in for him in scenes and then they'd use special effects to give him Brandon Lee's face so he completed his performance in that movie 
David Leach, he's double for Brad Pitt and John claude Van Damme. And uh, after John Wick, he went on to direct Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2. And he's also directing the Fast and Furious spinoff movie, Hobbs and Shaw. Damn. Pretty good resume. That's yeah. a really good resume. Yeah, so um, despite going in for second unit work, uh, the studio actually hired them to direct the entire film after they pitched their idea with uh, Keanu Reeves backing. Getting into casting and characters, initially John Wick was written for an older actor, possibly in their 60s, with somebody like Paul Newman in mind for the role. Uh, the concept of Wick as an urban legend contributed to this. They wanted somebody who had like a, like a history and uh, visibly had a history. The studio decided that instead of an older actor, they get a relatively younger veteran actor to kind of ground the movie out, and that's how Keanu Reeves got involved. Uh, the directors actually had to fight for Keanu to have his beard in the movie. The directors wanted it in as a throwback to 70s cinema, which they use as inspiration for this film. By the end of 2013, uh, the rest of the cast was filled out with the overall feeling that the actors thought the story was unique, the action was great, and they loved the director's enthusiasm. Alfie Allen, who plays Yosef, thought it'd be a great opportunity to shoot something outside of Game of Thrones for once. Still a dick. What's his name? Reach? Reef? Reek? What? Reek. Dion Greyjoy. Ah, Still a dick. There we go. <laughs> John Leguizamo was invited by his friend, uh, who was a producer, to be in the film. He actually wrapped his scenes uh, in a single 15-hour day. Uh, Dean Winters and David Patrick Kelly uh, were hired on the spot during their auditions. Adrian Pilecki's character Perkins was supposed to be a male character in the script. And uh, Pilecki at one time was engaged to Keanu's stunt double, uh, Jackson Spidell after production of this movie. The directors were real happy with the cast and pretty much got who they wanted. They wanted to use these secondary characters to inform the audience about John Wick and the world of assassins they were creating. So having actors the audience uh, were familiar with really helped ground kind of the fictional world of assassins they were building. And uh, Keanu was very involved in production and kind of took on the role of uh, the acting department head. He would kind of act as the liaison between the actors and the first-time directors to make things run smoothly. Because usually with first-time directors... You know, people may not get along. So, right. yeah, he was good on that. Who would you say was one of the producers of the actors in the movie? I thought Eva Longoria was I, one of I read them. that she also was producer on this movie, but she never even met the directors. Yeah, yeah. like they never met her. All they, but all so they she did, did have a, a part in this film, huh? Yeah. The producing, oh, wow, that's yeah. interesting. I think uh, in her interview, they were just like, we never met her, but like they like thanked her for writing the checks, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also read that the casting of the villain, um, they wanted him, that guy to be on because there's so much killing goes on with how many kills are on the dog that they wanted this guy just to be hated so he and they, they cast the guy that would look like a prick right that's what I, I read that in two different articles like they wanted this guy to look like a prick which is what the guy that got but yeah. Alfie Allen yeah, yeah. That, that was I thought that was interesting yeah can we also talk about Dean Winters too <laughs> I Mr. really Mayhem. disliked him in this movie. Uh, he was one of my trashes, honestly. I feel like an all-state commercial is going to happen any yeah, point was, when he's on it camera. It was cool seeing him, but I was just yeah. like, eh. <laughs> I mean, I remember him. He used to be in like Law & Order SVU like a long time ago. But then he started those all-state commercials. And now, anytime I look at this guy, that's all I see. So I'm yeah, like waiting for him to just look at the screen and say, when Mayhem finds you or something like that. <laughs> and I'm just John like, Wick shows up. Doug, this whole <laughs> movie boogeyman. This whole movie's an all-state commercial. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> Yeah. No, like the other thing too is like I know him from like 30 Rock. That's when I first. Okay. Yeah. And so he's like Tina Fey's like ex-boyfriend and he's like a total scumbag in that movie. So all I can think about this entire movie is like he's he's cheating on you, Liz. He's cheating on you. Like, but Keanu does go through a few cars too. So I guess he does. It is an Allstate. It's legit an Allstate commercial. I thought it was kind of interesting that you said they wanted to cast an older one, older person for him. But I mean, Keanu's put, he's like in his 50s. Yeah, he shot this. So I was like, "What is it?" What he don't look to... like it though in this movie. Yeah, he no, looks thirty-two. Like, yeah, he's fifty-two. 
Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. Well, he was fifty-two in this movie. I think was filmed or fifty or something. And I just love like they use a lot of people from the Matrix. Yeah. Um. So the guy that was the Continental Doctor was also the the key maker in the Matrix. Yes. Um, There's also Daniel Bernhardt. He played. I'm gonna try to pronounce this Kirill, but he's also an agent in Reloaded. So the scene where Morpheus fights the agent on top of the semi truck. Yeah. Uh, he's also in the movie too. I just like how they used a lot of those characters. Like the head henchman or the bodyguard that was uh, protecting the son. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, you know, the director yeah, being the stunt double too. It's pretty cool how they use all those people. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. Concerning the look of the film, uh, the directors were inspired by movies of the 60s and 70s that were less about being up close and shaking the camera. They wanted to go for more graphic shots that let the performances work in frame and be seen and so they could show off the world that they were creating. Uh, they were also inspired by anime, Hong Kong action films, spaghetti westerns, and martial arts films. You'll notice the subtitles in this movie are stylized. Uh, the reason the directors didn't want to use traditional subtitles is because they wanted to convey a certain tone and take you out of the whole time to read some subtitles vibe. They didn't want to make it feel like work, and that usually happens during movies with subtitles. Can we can we talk about that real Because that's one of my trashes. I don't, did you guys like that? I cool actually... It was alright. I, I didn't yeah. like it. I don't. I don't know why. You because like the it's way like, it was made. Or because you I like... feel like then I was like looking at why is this word a different style than another one. I mean, I, I know. I know we'll get into it, but I'm yeah. just. I just want to see you guys' thoughts. You don't like it, Jason? There, there's two things. I don't like the subtitles when they're all stylized. I also don't like the intro title of the movie either. It's like really, really small. To the far right, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like really, I don't know why what they were thinking, uh, but I, I didn't. Enjoy it's different, it. yeah. you know. It but, takes but you guys like it though, huh? Yeah. I'm yeah, I like it. They had it in the second one. I think the second one did a little bit better. Yeah. It, but, it yeah. reminded me of, um, it was very Sin City or like Tarantino-esque yeah. to me. That's the thing too, is just like, when Tarantino's, you say Sin City or yeah. like Tarantino, like they wanted it to feel like a graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it definitely. Why it worked, I think, for me. Yeah. That's why, now that I, you know, when you think about the intent behind it, like it makes a lot of sense. Because I remember being turned off by it the very first time I saw it. See, and I've, I've only seen this movie once. So maybe that's what I'm like leaning towards. Like I'm turned off maybe if I watch it. I don't know. But it takes my focus away from the film a lot. And I'm like, why is that a different font? Whatever, different color and all that. But I don't maybe I... I have to watch it again, I guess. You can watch it again because I had to re-rent it for $3.99 today on my Amazon Prime. So oh, there you go. Yeah, you're welcome. You have, Xbox. you have 48 hours to watch it. <laughs> I just let you borrow it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also credited the Wachowskis with teaching them shot composition. Going with the graphic novel style and the depiction of Wick as an urban myth, uh, the characters' situations and the world they're building, um, it kind of allowed them to be a little bit more over the top since they're creating this like fictional world of assassins. Uh, Dan Lee, the production designer, and uh, Colstad, the writer, they picked uh, New York City and they relied really heavily on kind of the hyper-real aesthetic to ground the world they were in, uh, with Colstad and many others uh, in the production saying that New York City had was essentially kind of its own character in the movie. Um, they mashed up different architectural elements of classic and contemporary New York to create settings and compose shots that weren't just kind of normal. Uh, if you watch the movie, you'll notice that the architecture plays a big part of scenes, settings, and, and shots. Uh, for example, the Continental Hotel, uh, the interior has like a classic 1920s you know, build to it, and it's an entirely different building than the exterior, which has a more contemporary look. And the Continental plays a big part in the movie too, uh, as far as world building, uh, along with the coins. They wanted the hotel and the coins to kind of showcase uh, the enormous wealth you would need to acquire to kind of be a part of this world. And um, the coins, they kind of acted as a symbol of that by being the currency. I think one side of the coin is 
peace and violence and the other side of the coin is a line for strength and a shield for protection. But they, they really took their time to kind of like build out this world and create something that John Wick was a part of. It wasn't just that he was a hitman. Mixing up architecture, uh, the church scene was originally supposed to take place at a bank. But because of budget reasons or scheduling or whatever reason, they couldn't get a bank for the production of the movie. So they just said, since we're kind of doing this movie kind of over the top with this like world of assassins or whatever, why not just do it at a church that the guy's using as a front? So that's where they came in with like the fake priest and all that other stuff. So that's how that whole scene happened. And, uh, you know, once again, including architecture, uh, John Wick's house, they picked a place that anybody would kind of dream of living in that was kind of remote in a way from the city to kind of convey the new life that John was living. You know, whereas the city is hectic and full of all these killers, uh, they gave him a spot in New Jersey that was far away, open, you know, white colors. It's uh, like 70% glass. Yeah. Like it's so gorgeous, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah it's, they, it's in my treasures. <laughs> it's pretty clean. Yeah. They definitely wanted to create that contrast between his his new life, you know, I, I guess you could say, and his his former life as, a, as an assassin. And if you look at a, a lot of the photos, uh, they're only of him and his wife. Because like his wife is his whole world. And once you get to the, the assassins, you see millions of faces because that's kind of like the life he left behind, I guess. The cinematographer on this film is Jonathan Sella. Uh, he worked on a bunch of music videos for artists like Kanye West, Beyonce, Britney Spears, and Green Day. Um, he also did the video for Dilemma by Nelly featuring oh, Kelly Rowland. It's great. So great. <laughs> I might have just got my rating up a little bit. <laughs> is that your favorite rap video or... Uh, Miami by Will Smith is pretty Miami, good. Miami, yeah. still? Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll still never forget that New Year's. Do you guys want to hear the best rap song ever? And it's Miami. Okay, we're getting off topic. Can we just go on? Come on. Young Eva Mendez in there. That needs to be addressed right now. I'm sorry. Can't wait till we do Bad Boys. Um, the other movies that uh, Sella worked on were Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde, uh, Transformers 5, and he also worked on Soul Plane. What? Whoa. Oh yeah. my god. Wow, with the hydraulic plant and everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it rounds out the resume there. Right? Yeah. yeah. What a solid resume like, for this I, man. I want to take that off my resume. Like, <laughs> His portfolio is definitely diverse, for sure. Um, in an interview with uh, Arnold and Richter's Cinetechnic, or A-R-R-I or Ari, Sella spoke about how they wanted to achieve two distinct looks in the film. Uh, John's normal life would be soft and clean, like we said before. And his assassin lifestyle would have to be grittier, darker, and sharper. Uh, budgetary reasons kind of limited them to one camera format. So Sella used different lenses and different camera techniques to achieve the two looks. In John's normal life or his peaceful life, the camera's very static. And in his assassin life, the camera never stops moving and it's always at angles. Uh, they use a lot of handheld camera techniques in windows and tight spaces, especially for the car scenes. One of the things they made sure of was keeping the action in frame. Stahelski and Leach are... Very critical about how in a lot of modern action films, the action's too dependent on tight shots, quick cuts, and shaky cam to kind of create the frenetic pace uh, that the movie's trying to convey. Their goal was to show what's happening and not just tell the audience or let the audience assume it's happening. So if there's a fight, they want you to see the whole fight. If Keanu's using a technique, they want you to see him using the technique instead of pulling the camera in, cutting it, doing all that other stuff. Which I think they were really good at doing that it, it, it yeah. was easy to follow the fight yeah, scenes I mean whether you're scenes. at the club the VIP room or at his house I thought it was easy to follow yeah. where some of them you're like what the hell just happened you know yeah, yeah. yeah. I did like that I, I appreciate that they did that I like that one scene with the camera where he shot the guy in the club and the blood splattered onto the camera this is the Revenant podcast <laughs> <laughs> we do not like that at all and I you know? was like wow look at that why do you like that 
I just thought it was kind of cool. Like, I don't know. It's like, ugh. <laughs> That's it. Ugh. Ooh. 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 <laughs> my name's Erica. Ooh. Ooh, my name's Erica, and I like the blood on the screen. Ooh. Ooh. I'm E40. <laughs> should I should I keep going? Or are you gonna tell me when to go? Oh, oh on on finally on the board. Oh, yeah. Jason and I have not done one punch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to step it up here, I guess. But uh anyway, back to the way they film the action. They kind of state in their commentary that um, they're not trying to hide the action. They say that a lot of people, they try to hide bad action by using those techniques of like shaky cam and quick cuts and, you know, being tight with the cameras and all that other stuff. So they definitely, you know, as stunt people, as people that are action coordinators, I totally agree with that. Like if you watch a lot of like old school Jackie Chan flicks, like one of the things that he would always do in his movies that he would direct or be a part of was shoot wide shoot wide and show everything so because he's capable of doing the stunts right yeah Yeah. and I think Keanu is capable of doing all those stunts you know yeah yeah Yeah, and they specifically said like you know if we have a guy that can do it why hide it yeah like show it off show that he can do it the directors you know coming from an action background though they did kind of find it challenging balancing character and action because according to them they're action junkies Uh, but they did really try their hardest along with the writer and Keanu to kind of like rein it in a little bit have a little self-control and not forget that there are people in the story. Stahelski and Leach said that despite all the action involved in the movie, there was a logistical nightmare with that. There was that kind of challenge. But the toughest things to shoot uh, were the fight in the rain at the end because it was near freezing outside the entire time. It was like 36 degrees out. Cool. And uh, Keanu Reeves and Michael Nykris didn't want to wear wetsuits during that, that scene. They just wanted to fight it out in regular clothes. And they shot over a five-day span and they also said one of the most difficult things to direct in the movie was Daisy, the puppy. You're talking about when he, the dog licks him on his face? You know what, what they did in order to do that? Yeah. They had to put bacon grease on his face because the dog wouldn't approach Keanu Reeves. So they put bacon grease on his face so he would go up and like start licking Keanu Reeves. And that's Aww. how they did that. Uh, I guess I'll say it. Um, did you guys hear about the dog's shit, too? <laughs> yeah. That looks oh. like a perfect spiral. It so, looks like an emoji. Yeah. So I was reading, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Kerwin <laughs> read the same thing, was that, uh, so Keanu, I think the first day, the first morning he has a dog, uh, he lets Daisy out to go do its business, and they had to CGI in the shit, and I guess just that, it's like a quick second, but it costs like five grand. Yeah, and it looks what? like a straight... <laughs> CGI in shit? It legit looks like a straight poop emoji. It looks like a poop emoji, exactly. Yeah. It's go missing, watch this again now, it's just missing, to see that scene. You can borrow my password. It's so, it's so, like, we'll get into this in Trash or Treasure, but like, that's the first time I ever saw this movie, I was like, wow, that looks so fake. And then the way they zoom in on it, I'm just, or like the camera shifts focus to it, I'm just like, do we need to see this? Like, yeah, it legit looked like an ice cream swirl yeah. poop emoji. And I was thinking, like, my dog does not shit that way. Like, there's no way. Like, just the perfect. It comes out like that sometimes. If it has diarrhea. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Well, back to $20 feces. <laughs> <laughs> We're apparently vets here now. I can give two shits. <laughs> Dominic. <laughs> yeah. It's like 10 grand, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jason's on the board. Mugging, you're the only one. I got nothing, man. Are you shitting me? Oh! <laughs> there we go. It's tied for last place. Nice. <laughs> We're all on the board. Erica's in the lead. Yeah, so there's a reason for that, though. Um, it's because uh, they weren't allowed to give the puppy laxatives. But you got to think well, about it. I like, would hope not. Well, here's the thing, though. It's just like, 
do you need to show that? Like, as soon as the puppy runs outside and he says, like, yeah, right, we know what he's doing. So I'm trying to understand why that's in the movie. I don't get it. I could spend five grand more effectively. So, I mean, you just pass over it. But five grand, that's surprising. Like, here's dude. the thing why didn't they get one of those fake shits and just put it right there? Or you just melt for a Snickers $5. bar. Snickers, yeah. You take a Snickers bar and you melt it. Because then $239. Or you just don't show it. That's a, yeah. Just don't show it either. Just say, hey, like. Look, we're, ju- we're trying to help out future filmmakers. <laughs> Trash. So, speaking of the puppy, um, the studio actually didn't want the dog to die. Um, despite her death being the major motivating factor for Wick to go back into the world of assassins. Commenting on that, the directors actually said, quote, think about that and think about how many good movies get made these days, end quote. So their whole thing is just like, I would assume this is just me from my perspective, but don't let the studio kind of pressure you into making a change that isn't logical for the script. Because think about it, if the dog never dies... Then there's no point of him doing yeah. what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if he still has reason. I know he loves the yeah. car, but I mean, if I was an ex-assassin and someone came for Charlie and I had powers like that, I would fuck someone up. Powers? Powers? Super if I had, powers. if I had skills, I'd. I know gung fu. Gun fu. Don't forget, gung-fu. don't forget car fu. We're about to get into Car-f- that. Car fu. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, we're about to get into that too. All right, so when production finished, uh, the original cut of the film was actually two hours and twenty minutes long, and the directors had to cut out about forty minutes of footage. One of the scenes being the fight between uh, Vigo and John Wick at the very end on the docks. Um, that fight was heavily edited down. And about that scene, the director said that it was a good thing they, they kind of edited that down because it wouldn't make sense for this to be the ultimate fight at the end of the movie considering how many people John Wick took down exactly. and how much, how much stronger and how much more firepower those people had to end this fight with this like older Russian boss guy. It wouldn't make sense for that to be like the fight especially considering he already like avenged his dog. So I think that was a good decision on their part, even though they're, they kind of had to, I think it kind of makes sense for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. Definitely. Yeah. Agree. So was the original script then to have him get that dog at the very end or they did that as like compensation for the studio? Oh no. I think, I think that was always in, that in, was always in like yeah. one dog's going to die and this is the whole plot and then he's going to get the other one or was that? No, I think, I think that was always in the okay. plot, but, it, but as far as, um, him fighting the Russian guy at the end, that fight was supposed to be much more longer and epic. Right. Yeah. He literally just no stabbed sense. him. Yeah. I was cool with that. Yeah. I was cool with it. Yeah. But we'll get into trash or treasure with that later. Um, get into, you know, more fights and stunts. Uh, Keanu Reeves did his own stunts in the movie. Almost all of them, even though he says he didn't. Uh, what he calls it is quote uh, physical acting, and then he says that he uh, he says that the stunt guys do stunts. I just play around, and that's hum- real modest, humble, yeah, humble. He's yeah. a great guy. He's a humble guy. I love him. He uh, <laughs> he's putting Tom Cruise to shame in the stunt department. Yeah, I, I think so. With all that training he did for it. Too. So let's bring, I don't know let's bring that, that up. I was waiting for one of you guys to bring it up. I mean, besides the stunts, I mean. To handle all the weapons, I mean, I, yeah. don't, I don't know the count of all the guns he used, but I don't know how to use any of that stuff, you know, yeah, but no. he did the how much training did, and yeah. all that. I mean, I remember the reason why I remember watching videos that would come across on like Facebook or like check out, you know, Keanu Reeves' like training, and, but you would watch what he would do. It, yeah. it was impressive. I well, mean, he trained with like LAPD and SWAT and all that. And see, so they I, set him up at a gun range yeah. where they had obstacle courses and he trained with all sorts of guns that were used in the film like 
close range shots, long range shots. And it was just mind blowing to watch him go through all that. For eight hours a day for four yeah. months is what I read. I mean, did yeah. anyone else read that? I mean, that's, yeah, I read the same thing. that's, that's dedication right there in my opinion, but that's also honestly what kind of sold me on that movie too, was because like when you first watch it and you think, okay, it's an action movie, like any other normal action movie. And then you see the videos leaked or released of him doing all of this work for this movie. I'm like, damn, he like put his heart into this, his physical, mental, emotional, like everything in it. No, he was, was like good. legitimately like excited. I saw a couple of videos where he's just like, yeah, man, I'm just waiting for say action. I was like, <laughs> like yeah, the cock and like start shooting around and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think that's how they're able to like get away from that shaky cam action stuff too. like yeah. they can do it a little bit better because they can show his face. He's the one actually doing it. Yeah. So as opposed to having a stuntman in there where obviously it'll look similar. He'll look similar to Keanu, but he's not Keanu, obviously, where they have to do some shaky camera or different angles so they don't directly get on his face yeah. here. You know, I think it was he 90, went through it. Ninety percent so. of the stunts or physicalness, you know, physical Keanu acting. did. Yeah, physical actor, <laughs> physical around. acting. <laughs> yeah, he was able to do, and they were able to get his face, so they didn't have to do any of that shaky camera stuff, too. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like, he he definitely, like, put his body through the ringer. I think you, you mentioned this, Erica, but he did, like, four months of training for eight hours a day. He did, uh, he practiced judo, jiu-jitsu, and he did firearms, you know, like you said, with yeah. SWAT, and, like, also with Navy SEALs. And then um, I think that one scene at the bathhouse or like the club slash bathhouse where he goes and like he first chases after Yosef after he leaves the hotel. Um, they said he was actually sick with the flu that entire time. He pulled a Michael Jordan. 104 degree fever or something like that. And then I guess that scene he learned that day and completed it. Is that right? Wow. The nightclub scene. Mm -hmm. So he showed up not really knowing what was going to be in the scene. They taught him all the choreography and his moves for that scene. He learned it that day and shot it that day on top of being sick with the flu with a hundred, 104 degree Damn, fever. I didn't know that. Yeah. On top of doing 90% of this stuff. I mean, he did a lot of stuff in this movie. Yeah, he we need to give him a lot of credit. For that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Good guy wick, bad yeah. guy wick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet he was sick of shooting after that. But... Hey, <laughs> That's a good, that was a good one. That was a good one. Well, if people didn't get that joke, it probably flew over their heads. Kerwin <laughs> is now in the lead. No, he's tied. Dom had three. Did he? Damn, look yeah, at you showing up all of a sudden. Rewind. Believe in yourself, man. Damn. I'm I, gunning I, for I, you. I, I, <laughs> I was trying to think of one for a second. I, was like, I know. We're all thinking now. We're like. Blink. All right. It's all good. Um, Shooting blinks. Oh. <laughs> Not like John Wick, though. He's... So regarding the action, they refuse to do things in excess, uh, Stahelski and Leach. Uh, for example, you know, a car that falls two stories isn't going to explode, so they don't make it explode. They also kept count of all the bullets that were being shot so that the reload times, as well as kind of like the stalling and the action, were kind of believable. So, so like, they didn't pull a uh, tombstone where 15 shots came out of a two-barrel, double-barrel like, shotgun. Yeah, exactly. So they definitely <laughs> yeah, they definitely made sure all that stuff was uh, was being counted. And the reason they did that is because if they're creating this kind of outlandish world and they want you to essentially believe in it, some elements of this movie have to be real or else the movie kind of goes off the rails. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of action movies, they'll, you know, Fast and Furious, like you can't stop a torpedo with your hands, you know, and send it back. You can't ride a tank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so, yeah. yeah, in order to in order to keep this movie kind of grounded and Lambo believable. On ice, like. Yeah, you don't you don't want Tyrese like like uh, wakeboarding on it's a car door. It's crazy to me that they go to that extreme detail on all these things, which I appreciate because yeah. I. But then, like, as someone's dying in a nightclub, people are in the back still dancing. Like they don't. I don't. Well, no, they're in the. 
bottom, weren't they? They when were people were dying. They were at nightclub. They were underground, yeah. and then the fight went upstairs. The and that's fight when people started scrambling. People on the, no, no, because we'll because yeah, right. you have loud music, and you you probably can't hear every gunshot. So like, if you look closely, and he had a he had a silencer. Yeah, if you look closely at the scene, like people in the <laughs> foreground. You guys are really justifying this. Yes. No, like no, I'm I'm <laughs> telling you, like look at the scene, and the people closest to the to the action are running away, but the further back you get. People aren't paying attention because they can't hear what's going on. Yeah, they especially can't hear the silencer. See. Yeah, they can't hear or see what's going on. So I think I think that that's pretty good on them because I, I had the same criticism at first, but when I rewatched it, I, now again I have only watched this one time. Yeah. Okay. So make my three ninety nine worth it. Uh, I'll watch it again. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I am gonna watch this again, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, at first when that was going on, I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. And then the villain, the guy, what's his name in the Yosef. movie? Yosef. Yes, he's running out naked, and it's almost like the party just continues. Like I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. That, that, I had a hard problem with upstairs. It was good, or yeah. was it downstairs? I no, forget no, no. where that. The, the bathhouse is downstairs. So that was cool. I'm all about that, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like it was. How did you not see the naked guy? How did, how did you get not see John Wick coming <laughs> right, down? We'll, the, yeah. we'll get into that yeah, in Trash Treasure. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but they, no, they, if, you, if you're saying they went into great detail to keep that believable, I thought they, because I did at one time question, oh, a gun can't do that or he can't do, you know, I, I thought that was all that stuff was legit, you know. So about John Wick's car, uh, they were given two Mustangs to use during production. Oh, uh, they're beautiful. Yeah, and they weren't allowed to damage either one of them, which is crazy considering like all the stuff they do with it. Uh, the scene where John Wick drives at the airfield and he's about to hit those vehicles or whatever. And that was like 85 to 95% of Keanu Reeves driving the, the car. Does that scene need to be in there? No. I, well, I want to know what it was for. Doesn't, it, <laughs> it doesn't need to be in there, but... I mean, I love the car, you know, but... I just feel like that's his way of venting or getting... Yeah, like, over his wife. Instead of yeah. yelling or something, that's what he's yeah. doing. Well, he did yell at the end of it. He did. <laughs> oh, he did yeah. Yes, yeah, I guess. But yeah, about... It didn't. It, did it. it, yeah. did it. it could have been cut. Yeah, the only part of that where they actually used a professional driver was where he stops like inches from like crashing. Mm. That's the only instance of that scene where they used like a professional so driver. So he was like legit drifting that he Mustang? Was, yeah, he was actually driving. Oh, so he did, a, he did a lot of his own driving in this movie too. Keanu, you are impressing me as the days go by. Tom Cruise better step it up, man. He should. That physique was good too. That there it, is. Yeah. there it is. There it is. There you go. Peep, peep the tats. Which peep. car was your favorite that he drove in the movie? Oh my god, the Challenger. So yeah, so he drove the Mustang at first, and then he has the Chevelle that he. Or takes not sorry, the, the Chevelle, not the Challenger. Oh, Challenger was John Wick too. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought he didn't have a Challenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was yeah. John Wick too. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I like the um, the I like, Chevelle. I, like I think that was my Ford. favorite. I like the Mustang. No, I do yeah. like the Mustang too because. My dream car, well, okay, my dream car is that Mustang, that 1969 Mustang, but I don't know. There's something about that Chevelle that's just beefy and like, I don't know. That's it, that's all I got. <laughs> beefy. <right>. Beefy. <laughs> beefy. Beefy. <laughs> Mayhem. Other things about the action, uh, Perkins' nose was actually supposed to be broken after her fight with John Wick in his hotel room, but the studio... Yeah, should have. Yeah, should have. She's a bitch, dude. Yeah, yeah he punched the shit her. out of her. That was the sole purpose of making her like the bitchiest bitch in the world. Like They succeeded. I was just like, I fucking hate this girl like so much. How many beers, gentlemen, for Perkins? <laughs> I don't really Is she going right. to kill me after? Or? Nah, she'll let you go. We'll, we'll talk about this off off, okay. off record. Yeah. <laughs> so Perkins knows, you know, what's supposed to be broken after a fight with John Wick, but the studio pushed back saying that 
there's only two female characters in the film and one of them's already dead do you really have to break her nose and then the studio eventually got their way which i think is bullshit like if she's a bad guy break her fucking nose who cares because she dies anyway so break her nose that's just how i feel spoiler alert already kind of doing the thing with the dog too they're going the distance with the dog and like actually killing the dog it's like why i mean breaking the nose i mean why hold back now yeah, he, he why kills now? he kills there's a kill count on this movie on YouTube. Oh, i i'm i have it you, you have it yes <laughs> do you want to talk so about excited. it now yeah all right sure all right let's talk about so the kill count there now. have been like uh, this movie i guess has like a cult following you know do you guys know that yes yeah. like is that big I'm sure it does yeah i'm getting into it we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that but there's been record people that did on youtube counted 76 times someone or sorry 76 deaths in this movie However, the director's like, no, you guys missed some. I guess really? in the car scene, the, and I don't know which director now that is, but on one of the, the car scenes, they're not counting up. He says it's almost 84. So it's kind of like a mystery. It's between 76 and 84 for the first one of how many people actually are killed in this movie. What car scene? The car scene at where? The end, at the end, where people are rolling oh. over. Because I think he's shooting above the roof and all that yeah. stuff, I think. So there's that. So it's I, the, the director's like, I think you're missing some. Because I think there's a YouTube. I didn't get a chance to look it up, but there's a YouTube, like, like video of like trying to count all of the deaths yeah. in this thing which I think we should watch we should do it yeah. Yeah. now for number two number two John Wick 2 has more deaths but they're even saying for number three is going to have even more than this oh, one and they're so better, they're just, none of those they're better be dogs exponentially getting better yeah, but, so, those, so this yeah. set those like the standard and they're going above and beyond but, those yeah. better not but yeah, be dogs 80, that guy between 76 and 84 is what I got for a kill count <laughs> yeah this is pretty impressive be like three more sequences in Parabellum yeah. Jesus three more fight sequences well he killed 12 of them in his house in that first round when he's like reservations for 12 please oh yeah that's right yeah <laughs> and that guy came in <laughs> Jesus. yeah but for whatever reason they didn't want to break her nose i don't know they I, didn't I, want violence against females i guess yeah i mean I, to me though it just I mean, doesn't make sense she's a bad guy I would have break her nose. Yeah, how's she's it a bad guy. She's like, a I think I hate her more than anyone else on this movie. I hate, oh, yeah. I hate her more than Yoko. She, ra- yeah. she ratted out Marcus and John, and then Marcus died. And she right, killed. Yeah. Uh, she the, killed my man. What's his name? Oh, Harry. Uh, Harry. Yeah, yeah, she Harry, killed yeah. Harry. Yeah. The maid will find you. Or what I love how she say? puts a pillow over his head to like silence it. Like that does nothing. Or, or is she trying to suffocate him and then just no, shoot no, him? No, no, no. But it doesn't do. Does it but really like, silence it? it the, you hear the shot it pretty loud. It, yeah. it muffles it. Yeah. It muffles it. Yeah. We should try that. This is why I, I need eight. <laughs> I need eight hours a day weapons it. training. Right. I know nothing about this. No, no, stuff. no. Just just listen to some some rap. In your life. <laughs> uh, they couldn't afford to do a car chase in New York City. Uh, one because the speed limit is thirty five miles per hour, and they probably couldn't afford it for this film because of the relatively low budget. So that's how the uh, the car scene on the dry docks came to be. Uh, and it's called the car foo scene because he uh, uses the car to fight people. So it's called car foo, I guess. Um, car foo. And all of that scene is real. All all the stuff in that sequence is real. So Keanu's driving the car, hitting people, knocking oh. them over. Is, all that, that, a, other is stuff. that a term used outside of this movie? I know gun foo has existed since John Woo, and I think these guys may have created car foo. Car f- you would think car foo would be in like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't ever fight with cars. I mean, it could be like yeah, Torque, do. where they fight with bikes. They fight with cars, no? In Fast and Furious, I don't think they fight with cars. Maybe not, you're right. Yeah, I think oh, yeah, because he knocks people out Yeah, but in this cars. movie, he's just like driving, shooting, hitting people, swerving, drifting, and knocking people out. That poor car. Yeah. It got wrecked. It did. Literally. Yeah. 
I'm waiting for a pun. You guys, uh, like, are you guys really waiting for puns? Oh, yeah, I was waiting for one. I was going to try to work in tofu there. But <laughs> <laughs> tofu? I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. Tofu. I was trying to see how I can work it in. work that in? I'm just like, I'm like waiting. I'm like, I was like, why is everybody so damn quiet? And you guys are waiting. You guys are looking for opportunities to drop Everybody was car foo fighting. I don't know. I think we're really driving this conversation in the wrong direction. We need to hit the brakes real quick. Wow, Erica just made a push. You're not going to edit any of this out, right? This is all staying in. You know what? This this might just stay in the episode. There you go. The pun count has to stay along with the body count. Oh, yeah. For sure, eighty-four. <laughs> uh, did any of you guys notice his tattoo and what it meant? No, I saw it on his back. It said something. What did it say? Uh, Fortis Fortuno. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's a uh, fortune favors the bold. Yeah, it's like I think it's Fortus Fortuna Adviant or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's Fort, three words. Fortis Fortuna Adivat. That, that sounds like off. a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> John Favre all over again. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does mean fortune favors the bold, right? Yeah, yeah. But wasn't that do, the wasn't that the motto of like the Doritos campaign or something like that at one point? Oh, it might have been. Yeah, yeah. there's like a there's like a it was the yeah. bold Dorito. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, no, it was the Taco Bell the Taco Bell motto. That was is the Taco was Bell it? slogan with for their campaign or something with like that. With a Dorito and taco, it would, like, the bell would ring like bing, and it's like Fortis e, e bold or some crap like it's that. It's all Espanol. But I yeah. think you have Jay a reason of why. Like he theory. has that tattooed on his back, right? Well, I read that a lot of military people use this and get it tattooed. So mm. I was reading that this is kind of alluding to maybe earlier on in his life of him being in the military. So mm. that might be why he had that. Kind of like more on the inspiration too, kind of tying into this military theme. I, I was reading on IMDb that this is loosely based around um, the Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell who wrote Lone Survivor. So it says in here that he, he too had a dog named Daisy. And on April 1st, around 2009, he was awakened around 1 a.m. And he, cause he heard a gunshot and saw four men drive away. Daisy, his dog was dead in the front yard. Uh, so what he did was he armed himself with two nine millimeter Beretta pistols and chased these guys. So he chased them through four counties in a truck until the police apprehended the guys. They taunted Luttrell, uh, threatened to kill him, and indicated no remorse for their actions. They later got sentenced because of animal cruelty, but when they asked Luttrell, like the police asked him, like, hey, why didn't you kill these guys? You were armed. He looked like he had intent. He's like, well, from my military experience, I've killed enough people. I just wanted to get these guys, you know, caught. And oh, I just thought, it changes everything right now. Yeah. Holy crap. You That's are a giving, true you went- story. Loosely, yeah. I mean, loosely based, and I thought that was pretty interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. The you dog's went from zero dollars to twenty. Wow, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a pretty cool fact. Damn, that's sick. I also read that um, there's some like Greek mythology influence too. Um, the hotel's manager, I can't. Pre- I'm like, I'm gonna butcher this. It's like Sharon or Sharon. Sharon. Um, is it Sharon? C H A R O N. Sharon. Um, in Greek myth- mythology. That name is the name of the ferryman uh, for Hades. So the people that ferry uh, people. The river sticks. Yeah. So this is why when John Wick gives him the coin, he pockets the coin because he's treated as that person kind of giving him safe passage. So I thought that was kind of cool too. That is pretty cool. I like that. He yeah. ferries all the dead bodies to. Yo, I don't know. Hey, yo, these directors and this writer. 
amazing now. Like, this is dope. I love yeah. this. And there's lots of cool little stuff that they throw in there, too, like from 30. The Matrix <laughs> and from even Point Break. So one thing they pay homage to is, it's kind of funny, um, Keanu Reeves in a lot of his movies says, whoa, a lot. I read that, too. Yeah. yeah. So the director is like, we are not having Keanu say, whoa. <laughs> But we're going to have other actors say, oh, in the same way he says, well, in a lot of movies. So you see, like, when they say, oh, it's John Wick, or the guy coming after you is John Wick, like, oh, kind of like, oh, when Vigo does that. I see what you did right there. (laughs) Um, There's also a part where I think who was playing the video game, uh, Gregory's playing the video game. It's called Dust 514. Oh, that's a video game? I guess. It looks like freaking Call yeah. of Duty to me or something. Yeah, they're they're at the safe house. He's playing this game. I guess um, he kills a player named Point Break. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, last thing real quick is in the safe house, too, um, there's a username, and the username is Neo uh, on one of the screens in the safe what? house. I thought that was kind of neat, too. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, so they work in a lot of stuff, not only from Keanu, but other movies that they've worked on. And I, I thought the hotel, Little because Easter there's a, a, a red O, that had something to do with it, too. Did you guys read anything about that? The red circle in the nightclub? Yeah. There's a there's an old movie from 1970 called Le Circle Rogue. And then that's what they're doing Rouge. there, right? Sorry. Rouge, sorry. That's my that's my French pronunciation, uh, being, a, being a dick right there. Uh, okay. No, that no was, a, um, that was a ho- not the hotel, that was the nightclub. Yeah, the, the nightclub, red circle. the nightclub, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get much into the what the movie was about. It's a little bit different than this movie. It's based in Paris and someone that was in jail and got released, but um, there's something about that red circle. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah. meant, but. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, yeah. I yeah. downloaded that soundtrack and the first song is called Red Circle. Oh, speaking of the soundtrack, or not the soundtrack, but the music. Uh, so Tyler Bates did this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also worked on both Guardians movies. Oh, he did? Yeah, Deadpool 2. <gasps> he Th- did. 300. And I'm gonna give you this last one. You got served. Oh my Give God. that guy an Oscar. I mean, Jesus, that's amazing. You guys, sir, it was tight. I, I, <laughs> and I've watched it many times without like the actual dialogue, just the scenes where they're battling. You know, yeah. okay, guys. Are we gonna do you guys serve? We have to. Yeah. I've, never, I've never seen. Okay. Oh yeah, oh. we're doing it now. All right. Dude, this like, this right. crew, this crew, the people at this table now. We're going to do You Got Served. Oh, my God. Oh, We're yeah. doing it. It's 50 yeah. Shades all over again. Let's do it. 50 Shades is served. <laughs> pump, pump, pump. Pump it up. Pump you don't know up. now, but you go find out. Hey, Lil Saint. <laughs> R.I.P. Lil Saint. We're getting off topic. All right. Yeah. Let's get back we to digress. it. All right. So, you know, like we spoke about before, uh, the movie, you know, made a lot of money, you know, relative to its budget. Uh, it was a critical success uh, with audience and critics. So in February 2015, Chad Stahelski and David Leach uh, they pretty much put it out there that a John Wick sequel was already in development. And the CEO of Lionsgate said that he wanted to create a John Wick action franchise. And so filming of John Wick Chapter 2 began in late 2015. And we got Part 3 coming up. Uh, you know, we were talking uh, before production that there was like a whole series coming out and everything. So this movie really kind of blew up. I, I guess this movie has done a lot more than anybody kind of expected. It's turned into like this worldwide franchise right. by this point. It like really flew under the radar for a it cool did. minute and then like everyone started picking well, up and, on and that's why number two did so well at the box yeah. office as opposed to, and not that number one did bad, but number two like went above and beyond I think anything they were thinking. Yeah, because yeah. I remember like I, I had no idea what this movie was about and then I started hearing like like Rotten Tomato scores and people talking about it. I was like, okay. Aren't they doing... um? A TV show called The Continental? I think Based so. off of this movie? Is that on like Netflix or something? I know, I think it's 
it hasn't been made yet. I think after this third movie comes out, Keanu Reeves has signed on or someone has signed on to make a movie about the hotel and the assassins that come in and out of that hotel. That'd be pretty cool. I feel like that would be like an HBO series. I'd be down for eight episodes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't like kill it or anything, I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kill it. That wasn't a pun. I was just saying. Could it pass as one? It could have, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Give Corinne half credit. Half credit. Point yeah. <laughs> five. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Corinne is in the lead now, but point five. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best. Should we always do a pun counter? We ca- should I, I do a pun counter. Because of the kill count. But, uh, all right. Let's Sarah. get let's hit 84, gentlemen. 84 puns. We've got a long way to go. All right, so let's get into our experience for this movie. Erica, why don't you tell us your experience with John Wick? Um, this movie was actually a first date movie with John Stevens and I. He took me to go see it. He was all about it. He saw the previews and stuff. And um, we went, and I ended up loving the movie more than he did. And I don't know why, but like that's all I have. It was so long ago, but I rewatched it again today, and I can. Oh, you've only seen it the, t- the two times then? No, I've seen it five times. Oh, I was gonna say. Um, because I watched it with John the first time, and then I watched it with my dad because my dad wanted to go, so I took him. Okay. And then I just would see it on TV, but today was like my fifth time watching it. And John's it. all about guns and all that stuff he too. He is, huh? yeah, which so. was mind blowing to me that I liked it way more than he did, oh. but he actually ended up liking the second one way better than the first one. He said it. he felt like it was super short. I love how I'm, I'm going off of John's experience, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, Mugga, why don't you tell us your experience with John Wick? <laughs> I, I had never seen this movie and you guys wanted to review it. So I, uh, I called my old buddy Jason. <laughs> he had never seen it, so we uh, we watched it. And uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, it didn't catch me very well. I, I was on my phone. I think you yelled at me a couple times. Get off your fucking phone. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's definitely a two. I, I've, watch it twice. Now I want kind of it to be known that that was the first time you've seen it. Yeah, first time for me. So too. I, that, I've seen it one time, one time only. I think I do have to watch it again. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't a good experience. I, I literally, I was on my phone. I think a couple times, and I don't know. It wasn't like captivating me. Like, but doing research, there's some interesting things. Like, I, I'm, I'm interested to watch it again, and then. Well, for three ninety nine, number two or. What? <laughs> I mean, I'm down to watch number two. I yeah, mean, yeah, we'll see. But I, I definitely gonna watch it again. But it, it wasn't a fun experience. It was at my house and. Phone, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. This is why I should put my phone away whenever I watch a movie, but yeah. yeah. Jason's nodding his head. You can't see him right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dominic, what was your experience with John Wick? Uh, I can't exactly remember. I just, like I was saying earlier, I just, it, it's weird. Like, I don't remember, like, when I went to go see it in the theater or if I saw it. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater, but I just remember hearing that it was, like, under the radar. I didn't really know about it, and then, like, I ended up watching it, but I loved it the first time I saw it. Now that I've seen it multiple times, I still have like you know things that I nitpick at, but overall, I love it. Jason, what's your experience with John Wick? So kind of piggybacking off what Mugga was saying, watched it for the first time, was it last week? Yeah. Um, I didn't have my phone out the entire time like Mugga did, so I was able to pay attention. This is kind of a rule for me. Like, first time watching a movie, I want to be invested, give it a chance. Dude, I'm Jason. And yeah. I use oh, I'm Jason. I don't swipe right on Bumble like Mugga does. <laughs> I do not fucking do Bumble. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, I mean, watching it, I'll be honest, like, I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I've heard a lot of great reviews from, you know, some of the people we hang out with, and when I was watching it, I, I mean... It took everything for me not to bring out my phone too. I was I felt myself getting a little bored. I I really liked the action, but just 
some of the storyline kind of lost me. So I rewatched it again this morning. And I, I think I liked it myself a little bit more the second time around. But again, uh, I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was okay. I had to bring up one point too when we were watching the movie. Something happened, like very, like, like and I, I was on my phone. I was like, "Holy shit! What the hell just happened?" And Jason, like, really angry, like, looked at me. And goes, "I don't know. You know, if you went on your phone, <laughs> like, really pissed off, dude." Like a girlfriend. Yeah. Okay, don't you guys find that annoying? Like, okay, no, let's watch this yet. movie. Especially yeah. if it's like, say you're watching a movie that you really like, and it's someone else's first time watching it, and it's like, motherfuckers on the phone all the time. Movie etiquette. Yeah. yeah, it's like, we have to review this. You might want to fucking pay attention, not ask me what happened. Sorry, Dad. Curran, <laughs> <laughs> how was your experience watching this movie? So I didn't see this movie in theaters. Like, I knew it existed. Was it 2014, right? End of year 2014. So I knew it existed, um, but I never really, you know, kind of had an interest to see it. It always kind of felt like B-movie to me for whatever reason. No offense to B-movies out there. Y'all are some of the best movies out there. Can't lie. But um, I never saw it in theaters. I do remember when it uh, it was available on digital and Blu-ray. My coworker, Eddie, shout out Eddie, um, he let me actually borrow his iPad to watch it during lunch. So I watched it during my lunch, and I was like, "Oh snap! This movie's great. I like it." You get it. a two-hour lunch. That's what I was gonna say. Where do what you work? What the at? hell, man? Dude, I need your job. <laughs> can I? Can I at least tell you okay. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so I watched. I watched an hour of it during my lunch, oh, and I man. gave him back his iPad, and I was like, "Thank you, man." So I went home and rented it, and then I watched it on iTunes, and I liked it a lot. You know, uh, me, I'm a huge fan of like spy, assassin, gun movies, like stuff like that. And one of my biggest nitpicks with a lot of movies is kind of the stuff we talked about before with, um, you know, action being like close cropped and all that other crap. I like that you could see everything in this movie and it it felt very real. So that's one of the things that I loved about the movie. But that was the first time I watched it. Uh, The second time I watched it, I don't know. I, I probably just saw it on TV a couple times here and there. But um, I I watched it, I think, uh, earlier this week. Uh, just, uh, oh, no, I actually, actually went to Best Buy and bought it because I knew, I knew we were going to review this movie, so I just went out and bought the, the double pack of part one and two. I got it on sale during Black Friday for like 10 bucks. Oh, yeah? The Blu-ray, yeah. Shit. I spent, missed out. Spent I'll, let you borrow. I'll let you borrow it, Mugga. Yeah, it was like a Black Friday <laughs> Can deal. Can I borrow number two, too? Yeah, I'll let you borrow both of it. All right. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's my experience with the movie pretty cool. much, yeah. All right, so uh, let's get into Trash or Treasure. Oh, <laughs> Erica, you're up first. Okay, my trash, first and foremost, there's two things you don't touch in a movie. It's killing babies and killing dogs. And I cried in the movie theater when Daisy died. It's such a gorgeous it, dog. It's so oh. freaking cute. And like the thing that got me the most was they didn't show exactly, like they show him kick the dog or whatever, um, but they cut to it really quickly and cut away from it. But what got me was when he's holding it. Yeah. He woke up and it's like next to him and there's like the blood and stuff. And then like he's holding it and I was crying and I was like, man, I cried for like a good five minutes after that. Are are you, are you saying your emotional reaction is trash or just the fact that they killed the the fact that they killed a dog is trash. Okay. All right. But here's the thing though. And we've discussed this too, is that without that, this whole entire movie would not have happened. Yeah, it's necessary for the plot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I have another trash, which is kind of weird, but I don't like how some of the scenes just cut short. Like, what? Why? I feel like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it was weird to me. Like, I felt like there was a lot more to it. And Kerwin mentioned in pre-production that 
there was a reason behind that. It's because they cut out 40 minutes of this movie. And that's why I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But you didn't need to cut it to where it just ended so abruptly. And that for me, it was a trash. I feel like there's a lot of loose ends, a lot of plot holes. Um, but yeah, my treasure one and two, the Mustang and the Chevelle. The cars. <laughs> the cars. <laughs> and number three, the action scenes. I like how they filmed it. I liked what Keanu put into it. And I don't know. I am team Keanu. I think he's he's a great human being. He donated like all his money to the people that worked on The Matrix and whatnot. And he's gone through a lot of shit in his life. So I always root for him. And for him to put this much work and his heart into this role and training all these hours and it shows, I think that was a treasure. Like you just see the amount of work he's done to fulfill his role as John Wick. That's, that's all I got, yeah. All right, Muggs, what's your trash treasure for this movie? So, I've only seen it once. I have to put it out there, right? I just want to make sure, because I'm going to watch it again. Um, but I, I mean, this is an action movie, but it doesn't start off. I mean, it's very dramatic and yeah. all that, with yeah. all that. But the first, I think, taste that you get of action is the home invasion scene, right? Yeah. Where he's ready for it now, you know? Right, the one where he not not where the dog dies, where they yeah, still yeah. the car. That yeah. I loved that scene. I was I, I was into it. You know, um, they do it a lot more after that. That's why I got it on my phone. But whatever. But I do like the home invasion scene. So that was one of my treasures. Um, the Keanu Reeves itself is a treasure of mine. I, I think how he prepared for it, training four months, um, the whole club scene, how he learned all that stuff that day. You guys, I'm pretty sure, are gonna bring this up. But the little like scene where he's getting ready to go to the club scene I think that is pretty bad it's like holy shit this guy's a badass you know what I mean like just watching him put on all the gear and getting in his like suit you know I kind of dug that scene and then I do like how they did shoot the movie um, how it's wide angle it was easy to follow and all that stuff Um, so I I do have a lot of treasures for this the trash I'm going to bring up again I I don't now I have to watch again but the subtitles I don't know if I like the way they did the subtitles um, but I think the story itself, I'm, I'm kind of upset. I don't. Okay, so they go to a gas station coincidentally with these Russian bad guys monsters. with this, you know, assassin that's retired. They want his car. Then they go to his house. I, I, I don't. It's just like, I, I don't know. I just feel like they just had a bunch of like scenes. How do they find his house? Too. Is well, I, I don't. Do they? Follow what, I don't. Yeah. Does oh, anyone know him? that or no? Okay. Yeah, I don't. We're think, assuming. Yeah. Okay. They Sorry, just, okay. Sorry to cut care. you off. I just was wondering. <laughs> uh, the club scene, I've, we've kind of already talked about it. I hate how he's killing people. Naked guys are running through and <laughs> the party just goes on. I don't know if I like that, you know. I do like the de- the, the the bottom part where they're at the pool and all that, the yeah. VIP room. Um, but again, Eric, I have to say the dog scene. I don't like how the dog dies. And I had to look up some other, like, other dog movies like... I Am Legend, right? It's yeah. horrible when the dog dies, he right? He strangled you know? that dog. Jurassic Park, The Lost World. The T-Rex eats the dog, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Doesn't show it. Doesn't show it, you yeah. know. Well, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't as like... Uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. But it's still, I was like, why that? He's got the, 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 chain the, the doghouse dog hanging from his yeah. tooth. Um, a movie... Have you guys ever seen a movie with uh, Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones called Blown Away? No. no. And the, uh, they're, they're rivals and they're, it's all about bombs and all that stuff. But Tommy Lee Jones kills his dog. It's like a big deal, you know. And then also... Old Yeller, you know, I know he has to kill a dog, uh, but but I, I I look at these movies and it's legendary when the dog dies. I think this is up there when the dog dies. I'm, I think Jason, I wasn't on my phone at this point, you know, but I was like, the fucking dog died? They killed the dog, you know, but whatever. Um, but yeah. Like natural causes is one thing. Like what was that, Marley and me? Yeah. But when you sh- kick the dog, it um, dies. I have two other trashes. 
when William Defoe is helping him out, I don't know his character's name. Marcus. Okay. He shoots at him to like help him out to wake up, right? Yeah. So yeah. why can't he just shoot the assassin? Like, you can't kill in the Continental. He, yeah, you can't kill in the Continental. And I think he was like, he had like his sights on her, but because so much crap was happening, maybe that's why he didn't pull the oh. trigger. Well, then maybe it's not a try. I was just like, why doesn't he just shoot her? But yeah. he wakes him up and then he saves him in a sense. I don't like though that John Wick gets kidnapped, right? You're there. He's tied up. You can just kill him right now and end this whole fucking movie. Yeah. But yeah. no, he decides to walk away, leave it to the guys that don't even know with a Ziploc paper bag and all of a sudden, <laughs> William Defoe again. Just like, dude, like, come on, shoot, man. Like, shoot him in the head. Yes, yeah. right then and there with your well, gun. He's trying like, to kill your son. Yes. No, and that was the thing too is like, um, what's his name? Um, Aurelio, the guy that runs the chop shop. He was like, well, did you kill him? And he was like, no. And like, everyone has asked you, did you kill John Wick? Did you kill yes. John Wick? The dad asked, did you kill John Wick? And he didn't kill John Wick. So I, so. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, like, like literally, that's like, you're still 30 minutes of the movie. You're like, well, you know it's not ending here. Yeah. But, but that, was, that was another trash. But yeah. but yeah, that's my trash of treasures. Yeah. So. All right, Dominic, what's your trash of treasure? All right. My, Sorry. Uh, I'll start with my trashes. Um. I didn't like Vigo, the the main uh, antagonist. Um, I felt like he, he wasn't like in character the whole time. Like in the beginning, he was kind of like given this lore, like he's a mobster, and like. Uh, but in other times, he's kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like he broke out of that, and when he's like getting threatened, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa cool it, man, cool it. He's too like, likable. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like. I did like him. Yeah, at some points I liked him. Like I thought some of the like when he gave the phone call, he's like, hey, why'd you hit my son? He's like, yeah, he's killed John Wick's. A dog and stole his car. He's like, oh, like that point, I was laughing out loud. I was just like, ah, yeah, <laughs> setting up the lore and all that stuff. And then he punches his son. Like, <laughs> you know what you did? You fucked up. This and all that. But at the other parts where I just felt like he gave up his son, I was like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't like you now. He just. Mm. That's the thing. If someone was coming after your child, yeah. you would go through, regardless of who it was. I feel like you would go through hell to try and make sure your child doesn't die and he literally was like here's a safe house yeah yeah i don't know i couldn't i couldn't be behind that but and then i don't know when he was getting in the final fight scene at the the dock right when he's just like laughing the whole time i was like he's not taking it seriously doesn't he say at one point does anyone have a gun i'm like yeah. aren't you guys like assassins like yeah. no one has a gun like it's like shouldn't he carry a gun yeah. at all times like, yeah i just feel like i don't know mayhem i'm the guy when you don't have a gun speaking of mayhem I didn't strike like him that's a pun like, yeah. that's a pun right, give it to yourself too. Yeah, I don't like Mayhem or Dean Winters as his, his real name. Then fight scene, I felt like, why are they gonna put this old man against John Wick? This dude like has bodies on it under his belt. Like, I didn't believe that fight at all. And like, he didn't get stabbed. He let him stab him just so he can like dislocate his elbow. So I was like, all right, I guess that's how you gotta end it. And then uh, I wish they would explain like the lore more as far as like the assassin world, like uh, the high table, and then like why are they all these coins? And then it's like just. Give me the like rules. a yeah, like a five minute background, like yeah, of like what's been. going on. They gave you a five minute background on why they call him the boogeyman. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they can give you. I, a five I like minute. that part. That's part of my treasures, like the whole Baba Yaga and all that stuff. I was like, okay, I like I like everything they they set up for John Wick. Like when he's getting ready, when he goes to the club and he like points the gun at the the bodyguard at the entrance. He's like, how you doing, Frank? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> It's like, oh, you're working again? It's like, oh, you lose weight? It's like, yeah, I lost 60 pounds. It's like, oh, take the night off. 
I like that. Um, I'm obviously going into my treasures now, but uh, the fight scenes. I am really huge on fight scenes. I like kung fu movies. Um, that's why Captain America Winter Soldier is like high on my list of Marvel movies. Um, the cop, when he comes to the apartment or the house after... It's so cheesy, but you really like it. You're like, all right, all right, yeah. Was it like like Officer Rick or something like that? He He literally clearly sees the dead body, right? Yeah, he's like, you working again, John? Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, just tying up a few loose ends. All right, I have the phone call that he makes to the chop shop dude, uh, John Languizama's character. What's his name? Ariel. Aurelio. Aurelio? Yeah, Aurelio. I think, yeah. Something like that. I like that. And then um, Keymaster from the Matrix, I thought that was cool seeing the the guy from the Matrix. And Willem Dafoe, I liked him helping him out. I liked like the Goblin. Yeah, I liked him helping him out. That was an epic death, huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah, actually. it was. Yeah. He said like, "Oh, I choose my own way out," and he went out like a G. <laughs> but that's my trash or treasures. All right, Jason, uh, what's your trash or treasure for John Wick? All right, so I'll start with my trash. The first thing is we never find out what was wrong with his wife. Never. Yeah, they never Cancer. really. Well, I'm just assuming. I mean, sir. it's something like, I mean, it's, I, I don't know what it is. They just never say, I wish they would have rounded that out and told us what was going on. Kind of had the same, some of the same things Mugga had. Do you need to know though? No, I guess you don't need to know, but it'd be nice just it'd be as, nice to know. Yeah. Just yeah. cause they don't talk about her much. It would just be nice to kind of round. I mean, they do flashbacks throughout the movie, but I just to round out her character, like just kind of know, Hey, what was going on with her? Gotcha. Um, yeah. I don't like the gas station scene. Yeah. To me, it's too random. I feel like. Yeah. Well, they went to New York to do a job, and then he lives in New Jersey, so I guess it's like a pass-through, and it's like, oh, they coincidentally it's ran into each other. It's a very big coincidence. But there's like hey, no like story. I don't know. There, I agree. Yeah, I, I just I think it's too random. They should have done a better job at that. And then it's like, so this scene happens, whatever. But then it's like, isn't it kind of like over-the-top brutal to do this to a guy just for a car? Yeah. Like somehow they get his license plate, they get to his house, I mean, take the car. Okay. But it's like, they beat the shit out of him. They kill his dog. I'm just like, for a car? But you know what it is, though? It's like, the whole movie regarding Yusuf is that he's like a, he's a wannabe. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's a you loose know, cannon. Pe- people yeah. that, yeah, he's a loose cannon and he's a wannabe. He's a liability to yeah. the guy's yeah. family. People, oh, yeah. He felt disrespected. Yeah, people family. people that operate in this world, they have standards and this guy clearly well, They call it a code, right? Yeah, they have yeah. a code, they have standards. There's a sophistication to it all. Well, even and the he's dad, outside of that. Sorry, even the dad told him, he was like, John Wick possesses traits that you'll never possess. And to be called out by your father like that pure will and then and i think and i think that's the thing with uh yosef's character he's supposed to be like as unlikable as possible because like he doesn't possess these traits like you talk to people that kind of live that life i don't know if you guys know anybody in gangs and shit but it's just like it's the whole don't talk about it be about it mentality yeah it's just like somebody who's young and experienced they want to like show how big their fucking dick is and they want to fucking like go to somebody's house and fuck shit up when that's not the way you do things you know what i'm saying it's just like so his whole thing is like he got his feelings hurt because the guy basically called him out in russian and he said hey yeah. yo fuck this guy i'm gonna go to his house and take his car anyway right. like that's that's like some little kid shit so like the entire movie he's on some little kid shit and i think you see that throughout the film you know his dad essentially like disowning him at one point being like yo John Wick's coming man good luck yeah. and his dad's like yeah. fuck it I can't I can't stop him and then the other part where he's asking for the bottle yeah. and one of the uh, the bodyguards is like 
yo, like we're here to keep you safe or John Wick or whatever. And he basically makes him look like a pussy in front of his friends. And he's just like, somebody get me a bottle, blah, blah, blah. Because he's fronting. Like he doesn't live that life. He he doesn't have that level of sophistication that other people have. And I'll get it to it when it's my... He's living in his dad's shadow. Yeah, he's living in his dad's shadow. But I'll get to this in My Trash or Treasure or whatever. But I think the entire him going in excess goes completely against what everybody in this kind of world does. does. Like they're they're efficient, they're sophisticated, they're mature, they're about their business and they don't deal with any other bullshit while his son is all about the bullshit. He's all about bitches and going to people's houses and fucking shit up. That's how you get killed in the mob. That's how this whole thing happens is because you have some idiot who decided to do something stupid, I guess. To a hitman for the mob. Uh, the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Well, either way, I just feel like it was a little, it was an overreaction. So <laughs> overreaction. Um, wow. Um, Debatable. <laughs> I'll, keep these, I'll try to keep this other one short. Jesus Christ. Um, the other one is the random car driving scene. I already told you guys. I I thought it was weird. Um, Which one was that yeah. again? Sorry. We're just driving out. the Mustang. Like, yeah, oh, in the airport. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I was like, why is this need being here? Yeah, I agree um, with that. What else? Uh, the stylized subtitles, I didn't care much for. I feel like it took away from the movie. And then, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's opportunities for them to kill John Wick. So many opportunities. Why yeah. Why are they torturing him? What are they questioning him about? Like nothing. That, that, he, nothing. He went there for one job and one job only. Yeah, he doesn't have son. anything that they need. Yeah, just yeah. kill him. No plastic bag, no BS. Just kill him. Yeah. He was just trying to explain his side, like get his two cents in before he, they off him. If I was the, like, if I was Vigo, I would have popped him in the head a long no, ass time ago. No, because there was, I think there was that one point where he's just like, hey, you know, let's just call this off or whatever. And he was Vigo? Hoping. Yeah, I think. No, he was, but after that. John Wick you, was just like, oh, I'm back. And he's just like, at that point, you kill him. Which I will say that scene. Sorry to cut you off, Jason. No, you're good. It's rude. No, go ahead. No, you're good. That whole scene when he is being interrogated mm-hmm. and they before they put the bag over his head, he was like, yeah, I guess I'm fucking back or whatever. I was like, damn, Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> Calm your tits, boy. Yeah, he's pretty even tempered until a couple times like that where yeah, he actually yells. I, yeah, yeah I liked it. Yeah, you said it. Like, I never gave you one straight answer, but now yeah. I'm feeling like I'm back. So that's that kind of rounds out my trash. My treasure, I'll keep it short. Keanu's performance, I think he does a great job. The action, I really liked. Mm-hmm. So there's one scene I, I won't forget is in the beginning when they're at his house, and there's that one henchman guy, like, on the table, and, like, his head is hanging off the table, and he, like, punches him to break his neck, and his, oh, yeah. and his head goes back. I was like, yeah. holy yeah. crap, that's pretty bad. That's like biting um, the curb. Yeah, it's, it's pretty Ooh. bad. It, no, it was just as bad as that. Nah, Biting the Curve. Biting the Curve is one of the hardest to watch scenes ever. Yeah, when you yeah. hear the teeth on the cement, that yeah, it doesn't get much worse than that. Everyone just like rubbed oh. their teeth. I did, I rubbed my teeth too. <laughs> um, I liked Willem Dafoe. I like the cars that they use too. I think that's a treasure of mine. Uh, all the action that Keanu does, I think you know a lot of it's him. Most of it's him and he owns it. And this is an action film, so some of these plot holes, some little things like that, I feel like... I mean, they are what they are. This movie is an over-the-top action movie, so that's what I'm going to try to take it as and not read too much into some of these plot hole-type instances that happen. Uh, I also like the guy that plays uh, Vigo. I thought he did a pretty good job, too. Did we already talk about what happened to him with his ear? Did we already talk about that? I don't think we brought that up. Okay, just real quick, and that's my last part of my my treasure. Um, I guess in one scene when they're fighting with the knife or they're shooting, somehow his ear gets just destroyed. And I guess 
they said that like at one point it was literally hanging onto his shoulder. Like in real life, he got his ear just like yeah, it was cut on his off. shoulder. Yeah. What? So this is stunt gone wrong. Right? Yeah, it's a yeah. stunt gone wrong, and so it took eighty stitches for them to put it back together. So don't they? Shoot I don't know, man. Scene? But that sounds terrible. Is <laughs> Kerwin <laughs> winning? Kerwin's winning. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Kerwin yeah. always yeah. wins. Yeah. We're all gonna get better, guys. I think just we, we're gonna get time, better. As time yeah. goes yeah. by, we will have an 84 pun count. So on that last treasure, that's all I got. Then it's your year. <laughs> Dom, rounding up. This is a close. Yeah, there we go. This is a close race. Kerwin, trash or treasure? What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with my trash first. Uh, I gotta agree with Erica. A lot of the scenes feel like they're cut abruptly. Like when he goes to sleep and he wakes up right before he gets beat up at his house. Um, I feel like that's cut and yeah. it, it doesn't just cut it like fades out abruptly and then he just wakes up again and I'm just like well why did you fade out like when you fade out you know the audience assumes that lots of time has passed or you're going to transition to another part of the story there had to have been something there yeah just like why even have that at all and I think you're right you know we talked about the 40 minutes being cut from the movie and I think that that's one of those parts probably for the sake of editing it down uh, the other part when he buries the dog I feel like that's way too quick considering what that dog means yeah in the movie and then uh what do you want him to do i don't know just spend a little more time i feel like it just ends with a dead dog no yeah. no no no. like when he oh, when he buries camera. the dog yeah like oh, on God, camera God. like i thought dog, you wanted to see like, like a yeah. montage of no. him with a dead dog look at the dead dog like, no, no. like <laughs> eating cereal like oh yeah no, no. just the two of us <laughs> no, no. this isn't this isn't <laughs> like give you a pun for that one Eric. i'm gonna give you that one it's just like um it's just kind of like considering what this dog meant to him yeah. you know regarding his wife and everything I would expect there to be like more emotion after he buries the dog or during that scene or whatever so I think that should have been there and then also at the very end when he picks the new dog out from the kennel and just takes it home and that's it like he looks sees it takes it home I thought that was that was trash it's like too quick like there's yeah. no there's no emotion to be gained from that scene yeah one of my biggest trashes is that wasn't it crying though? You think you just pick it up? Well, there's crying? a million dogs in there. I no, I huh. read somewhere and this scene didn't make it it's apparently. Kind of like the same dog, wasn't it? No, what? it wasn't the same dog, and that's what I'm about to get into. Well, no, I read somewhere and I guess the scene was cut that he read the list and the dog was set to be euthanized, and that's why he picked that dog. Okay, and I'm and I'm cool with that, but yeah. I think. But they uh, didn't put that in the movie. treasure. Yeah, I think it would have had a more poetic ending if. It was the same kind of dog, the, the same beagle. breed. Right. If it was the same breed, or if the dog had the same name as his previous dog, we like, never knew the name that of the dog. Yeah. Daisy. No, we never knew the name of the second. No, dog. and that's what I'm saying. It's just oh. like there could have been more poetry to the movie had one of those things been similar about the two dogs. Either the name or the breed could gotcha. have been the same. Or take more time to focus in on the dog that's being euthanized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I kind of feel like he walks in. Staples his gut shut and then just like walks out. You know what I'm saying? He literally like went up to the kennel and then just unlatched it. Yeah, and, and then, then just, took the dog. and then they walk off and credits roll. So I thought yeah. I thought that was trash. Um, I need not, to get a dog. Yeah, yeah, you do. Mugga, Mugga, get a dog. 2019. Yeah. Um, Name I'm, it Daisy. Mugs get a pug. Yeah. Mugs Hell. get a pug. Yeah, that's that that's cold pugs. Cold pugs. <laughs> <laughs> They're both getting one for that one. Right? The coldest pugs in town. <laughs> Um, for anybody listening, uh, Cold Mugs is the is the bar we record at. Um, so there's another thing. Um, the music, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I do like 
kind of the uh, more ambient music or the classical music that plays. I think that has a nice contrast to the gritty action when you start playing like the guitar riffs and all that other stuff. It takes me out of the movie a little bit. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching like a late 90s, mid 2000s action flick, like uh, some underworld type bullshit or whatever. It wasn't as bad as Aquaman though. Yeah, shut up. Uh, <laughs> ocean to Ocean is Oscar worthy. Uh, nah. um, I love the bathhouse scene. I love the club scene because I feel like that music offers a really stark contrast to the bloodshed that's happening. And I feel like when you introduce the rock riffs and stuff, it just comes off as like corny. I don't know. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen the first Avengers trailer for the first movie. It kind of has that vibe and it just comes off as like mad corny. I don't know. That's just me personally. Maybe it's just my musical preference, but I feel like the rock soundtrack doesn't help this movie. If this movie is trying to appear sophisticated or whatever, it kind of brings it back to like the early to mid 2000s, which I'm not a fan of. Um, John why don't you close your curtains knowing the Russians are after you yes. after, after you get back from the club he leaves his <laughs> curtains wide open but thankfully uh, Marcus can see him so that's a good thing um, I don't like the blood on the camera lens um, oh you don't I'm not a fan of it uh, oh. we talked about this in the Revenant podcast but that's just me personally especially if we're talking about this movie kind of being a little more sophisticated one of my biggest trashes with this movie is why did Marcus take the contract if he was going to help Wick anyway? He's trying to make that money, trying None to get his bags. No, but here's the thing. It's just like, why take the contract at all? Like, you're John Wick's mentor. Well, he didn't take it exclusively. It no, no, he, he it was an open contract, but he agreed to the terms. I think he did it to throw him off. Yeah. I, I yeah, he, probably. Yeah, I don't think he did it. I think in Marcus's, in the back of Marcus's head the whole entire time, he was like, you know, I'm going to take this contract, but I'm not going to act upon it because... I'm going to help him yeah, in he a way. Up at the funeral, like I, at first, I thought he was going to be like an antagonist. Like, yeah. When I first saw the movie, I was like, okay, well. You know, current. If someone came up to me and said, "Take this contract against current," I'll take it, but I'll help you. I was waiting for a pun. Oh. Yeah, that was kind that of was a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Damn it! I tried. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. For me personally, <laughs> so good for that one. Huh? Uh, no, no, that was bad. Uh, one just, for attempts. just me personally I thought that didn't make any sense like he could have easily just declined it and nobody would ever fucking know that he was in on it because when um, when well, what was he supposed to say with that, the Bob's no cause monster. no cause he doesn't owe him shit he has what, to what did he say again when he offered him the contract he said, he refresh said, my memory sorry he, he said he would accept it but he said is it open or exclusive and he said it's open meaning other people are involved so yeah. I don't know if he you know, I don't know why he would take it unless there was some sort of advantage because he easily could have just declined it. And then when um, uh, Miss Perkins snitched on him, you know, like there wouldn't be so much vitriol in their response to him vitriol. as far as oh as far as God. yo, I took AP English. That's Relax. Yeah, I took I'm, I'm smart, too. Damn. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. That just didn't make sense to me. I'm not going to st- stick too much with that. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the slow motion shot with the dude getting shot in the head while he's playing video games. That's just me. Oh, that was cheesy. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was a, that was too cheese. Um, also, when did John Wick rig those SUVs with explosives when he's at the compound, the safe house? When did he rig those? I, oh, I would have yeah, liked to yeah. see that. That probably got cut out. Those are probably three of the deaths, too, when those guys caught on fire. Yeah. Also, with uh, Yosef's death, I kind of feel like that death should have been more drawn out. Yeah. I feel like they spent a lot of time with Vigo's death and that scene and like them fighting in the rain. I wish Yosef's death was more drawn out as opposed to just shooting him in the head. But I guess it kind of makes sense when you're dealing with like a punk kid, you just fucking end it. And I did I like when he said it was just a fucking boom. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just a fucking and he shoots him in the head. It's so, not, it's Daisy. But I mean like you can't expect like a weak ass dude to put up a fight against John Wick. So I guess that makes sense. 
yeah. Allstate guy, you know, Dean Winters, I love you in 30 Rock. I love your commercials, but you you really take me out of this movie when you're yeah. on screen. Every um, time he comes on, yeah. you're yeah. thinking of something. Vigo, English? I'm just yeah. like, bro, shut up. Anybody like, who listens to the... Are you working the, for someone you don't understand? Mayhem. Like, yeah, English, please, yeah. Yeah. Um, anybody... Like, good luck when he falls out of the car. And at yeah, the end, mayhem. The, the car scene, when he like, shoots the gun, he's like, ha, ha, ha. He looks at his gun, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like... Yeah, it reminds me of some like Batman Forever type yeah. shit. Yeah. All right. Anybody that listened to the Crimes of Grindelwald podcast, I don't like when it just rains out of nowhere. Um, like when they're fighting <laughs> yes. at the end and it's just a car chase scene. There's yeah. not one drop of yeah. rain. And then when anything. they get to the docks, it's like, oh, it's time for the two antagonists to fight or the protagonist and the antagonist better start raining. And it's just pouring rain. It Let's just pour pours, water on them. Pours rain out of nowhere. I was expecting like, you know, like people to come out of like Makusa and shit to show up. But goddamn. Um, oh and then we talked about the dog already and I feel like the end credits you know the ending before the credits was rushed I had a lot more trash than I thought with this movie even though I love it um, things that I do love treasure uh, cinematography and the color grading is great I love the contrasting colors at the uh, Continental uh, one of my favorite it's beautifully shot but all, everything about the bathhouse and club scene is amazing I love the color yeah. the contrast everything um, I love the architecture and how that's used in frame uh, the gunshots, you know, being very real and tactical and not like a John Woo gunfight where it's just, it kind of takes you out of it sometimes depending on the movie. I love the world building they do. That's one of my favorite things in movies when they take me to a place that doesn't exist or does not exist yet. I, I appreciate that. I love the fact that they build up John Wick's character, kind of the mythology of his character in this world. One of my favorite scenes is where the dad pretty much like gives up on his son and he's just like, yo, man, John Wick's coming for you, man. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I could do for you. And Papa I think that, that scene alone does exactly what it needs to do to kind of build up the legend of Keanu Reeves' character without actually showing you. And one of my favorite lines is when he goes to his son and the son's like, what can I do? What can I do? And the dad is like, you will do nothing because you can do nothing. Like, you're going to die. Like, there's nothing you can do. And I love that part. I love how they build up that mythology. I like how Miss Perkins dislocates her thumb to get out of the handcuffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sick. Yeah. She's still a bitch, though. <laughs> still um, a bitch. And I love when uh, the dude's rolling over John Wick's hood of his car, uh, the, the roof of his car, and he shoots through the roof and kills him as oh, he's, yeah, like, yeah. rolling over. Yeah. I thought that was pretty sick. And then... Um, I know we hate Yosef, but I love how the directors and the writer gave us a character that we hate. No, it, it was a good casting. It's decision. great yeah. casting. Do you yeah. think it's also great. maybe because he was Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones and everyone already hated him? No, I think I think I'm gonna give more credit to just the writing, yeah. the writing and the acting. I think they like a lot of times, like you know, Dominic, you talked about uh, Michael Nyquist's character, how he's too likable at some points. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I didn't want him to die. I actually loved his character. And even though he's a bad guy, and I feel like with Yosef, it's just like you fucking hate this guy from moment one. You hate him. He's like, I a, feel, I feel he's like he's the Perkins ultimate. More, he's the ultimate fuck boy. He is. He's yeah, the yeah. ultimate fuck boy. He's an ultimate. Never mind. Yeah, but um, and then my last my last right. bit of treasure. My last bit of treasure is uh, the the last place that John Wick takes the dog. I know I talked about poetry earlier, but the last place he takes the dog at the very end is the same place where like his wife collapsed their last date. Oh yeah. So even though there rock. isn't there isn't a poetry to the movie as far as like the similarities between the dogs, I do like that the scene ends kind of where his last day with his wife was. So yeah. that's that's my trash or treasure. Um, oh, <laughs> there is one more thing. Shrek reference. Oh, here we go. Shrek tastic. John Shrek his head in the Jesus. table. Okay, it's not necessarily a Shrek reference, but when he's talking about the boogeyman, the Baba Yaga, 
um, Michael Nyquist's character says, uh, from the swamp he will come and take the children that don't behave. When he's singing that Boogeyman song. It's so. never Ogre. You think that's a Shrek reference? It's not a Shrek, it's reference, not a Shrek reference, but I appreciate it. But who else comes from a swamp? Yeah, Shrek. Shrek. And he visits children. Oh my Swamp God. thing? <laughs> I, well, honestly, when they kept saying Baba Yaga or whatever, I kept thinking of the Baba Duke. <sighs> All right, we're, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Take a prices. <laughs> that's Baba Shook. All right, so let's get into uh, our ticket prices. Erica, how much are you paying to watch John Wick? I'm not going to give it a 20 because I feel like 20 is just a bit outrageous. I will give it a 15 because I paid, what was it, $10? Well, like $11.99 for both Blu-rays, John Wick. And then I paid an extra $3.99 because I left my DVD or my Blu-rays at John's house and I I had to rewatch it today. So, Mugga, you can get on my Amazon Prime and watch it again. So, yeah, 15. Agreed. (laughs) All right, Muggs, how much are you paying to watch this movie? I was going to give it a zero after I first watched it. Because, and I I was on my, I was on, after I first watched it, I was like, this movie sucks, right? And I was texting Jason, but you do research on it. Keanu's. When he was sitting next to you? you No, 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 no. No, no. No, it was today, yeah. Yeah. Imagine. That's why I was on the phone. I was texting him, like, hey, man, I'm giving this a zero. Bro, this movie sucks. (laughs) Really? Um, But I watched a couple scenes on YouTube because I want to like research some stuff and doing research. But the more I researched, it was more than just a five. I think I'm going to give it a ten. Yeah. I think I think his research. I mean, his what he did for this movie, and then now Jason brought up a lot of interesting facts of like Easter eggs and things they did. I think it's kind of cool. Again, I am the only one at this bar that's watched it once. You guys all said the second time it was better, so yeah. I am going to watch it again, but I'm gonna, I'm going to give it a ten. Okay. Dominic, how much are you paying to watch this movie? Shoot. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's pretty good. That's a good pun. Shoot. <laughs> okay. Pew, pew, pew. Am I giving him that one or what? Give him a point five at least. Give it to him. If he gives a point five, it's tied. I'm going to give it a 15. It's all at 15. Like now that I've seen it a couple times, I agree with some of you guys' points now. I was originally like coming in here, I was like, yo, this is a $20 movie. Yeah, same. Uh, we were about to give it I 25. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with we were about to We were about to give it points. 84, like the body count. Yeah. All right, Jason, how much are you paying to watch John Wick? I think after the first time, I was going to say five bucks, but I think now watching the second time, doing some research, again, kind of repeating what Mug was saying, just Keanu's dedication to the movie, uh, all the training he did. Uh, all the kind of like different ways they pay homage to, you know, the Matrix, you know, Keanu's uh, career, um, different mythologies, different movies. Uh, I think I appreciate it a little bit more, so I'm going to go solid $10 for this one. Woo-hoo. What about you, Kerwin? What are you paying to watch this? I'm going to give this movie 15 I'll pay 15 to watch it. Um, this is kind of the exact kind of movie that I like with the gunfights and the assassins, spies, all that other stuff. Uh, in addition to that, like not a lot of those movies are beautifully shot, maybe outside of some 007 movies. This movie kind of reminds me a lot of like Skyfall, the way it's like very beautifully cinematically shot. So I do appreciate that. I don't think this movie would have been possible had two non-stunt people done this movie. Right. I think anybody else would have been a lot more careless with how the movie was created. So I definitely appreciate that. This movie does have some like glaring issues. I think you mentioned it, Jay. Um, I wish there was more with the wife. I think yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you brought that up. I think that's that's missing from this movie. And we talked about the 40 minutes that was cut, but... Overall, it's solid, but you know, just because I really love this type of film, I'm gonna go to a 15, and I'd pay 15 to watch it. Yes, it's interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's a good rating. We, we're gonna give it 13. dollars Nice. I, I, I agree with that. That's a good rating. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. yeah. 
I like that. I, I got to watch it again. I'm more interested to watch it again. Yeah. After what you guys have said and all that stuff. But yeah, so not a Th- bad rating. No, $13 a bad rating. Dollars yeah. of Wick. John well, Thick. How about we, uh, you know, have $13 of Cruise? Ooh. And, uh, we need to do a we need to do a Keanu versus Tom Cruise. Oh, that's gonna be rough. Like Ooh. bracket. Wow. Might might have to, I don't know. But uh might yeah. try and do oblivion. Uh, oh <laughs> am I gonna get that one? Yeah, get that I'm one. ahead of Jason. You hey, you're beating Jason. <laughs> we got that. It's pretty wicked. Oh, oh. Kerwin, you need one. You need that's one. Nice. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. No, it's all good. All right, so uh, I know my role, and uh, let's see which role Tom Cruise should play in this movie. Uh, mm. Mugga, who is Tom Cruise in John Wick? I'm going to go fast. He's got to be the villain, the dad. Vigo? Okay. Yeah, he's got to be that. I think at the very end, it would have made a great fight scene. I- I'm going to yeah. go with that. Okay. Uh, Jason, what about you? I mean, I'm going to go with the obvious one, John Wick. I think he has to be. What? Take out Keanu you think Reeves, that Keanu huh? Reeves, or you think that Tom Cruise's physique can outtake John? She did say physique. No, I know, but I i mean, I can't really see You think really that little f- five foot six tattooed body would pull? Nah. nah. <laughs> All right, Holly, get it. It's not with the height <laughs> shit over there. Um, Tall. No. Tall. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out uh, to Holly Hart. No, no, Tall. I just, I don't see him playing anyone else really in this movie. I think he has to be the main star of this. You know, all the action and stuff. I think he would, he would, I mean, I love Keanu doing it, but if I had to pick someone, I'm picking John Wick. Oh, no, I have one. Um, yeah. That's good. Okay, what about you, Erica? I have two, actually, not just one. A uh, number one is going to be Marcus, his his mentor. Okay. Or Perkins, if Perkins was a male. Yeah, Perkins is supposed to be a dude, so. Yeah. yeah. Cool with that. Dean uh, Winters. His <laughs> tops. Dominic, what about you? Uh, I would put him in like the head henchman, the head bodyguard. That oh, that's a good one. Oh, the guy from the club, right? Yeah. That yeah. throws him off the balcony? Yeah. Like, yeah. I see like collateral Tom mm. Cruise. Oh, collateral Tom Cruise is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like in that role, but I, I don't know on camera. Like Keanu would tower him, so I don't know how they would shoot that. So, uh, Tom Cruise is kind of short, so Keanu would. Okay, tower we really him, gotta so. we really gotta stop hating on short guys. It's, nah, it's not I, bad. It's just I mean, Gambisi just on camera, short. like you know, we talk about the wide ang- <laughs> you know, the wide shots and stuff like that. So we would really see like how short he is if oh, they yeah. were going toe to toe. So, but I guess you know if they toe-to-toe, shot it, I see what he did there. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they don't hey. see eye to eye though. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Damn. I think I'm a. I think I'm gonna go with Jason. Like he's got to be John Wick. Yeah. Like I, think I, so? I. I can't see him as any other role. Like but he why? can't. Like why? unless yeah. unless they. Made... I'm just trying to go against right. you guys. Okay, so like John Wick two. We're gonna wrap this up. But he's like, Jack hold, hold on, hold on, Sorry. hold on. In John Wick two, there's a main bodyguard that he fights with throughout the entire movie. Common, right? If yeah. they yeah. if they gave more focus on the henchman in this movie. I would say, you know, if Tom Cruise was going toe to toe with him the entire movie, I would say Tom Cruise could be that guy. But I think in this could be movie, common? no, in no, this movie, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, giving you your fucking yeah, brain off. I'm wow, you, calm your tits, Jensen. I'm giving you an example. I'm giving you an example. So if they kind of played that out in this movie, I would say Tom Cruise could be that character. Okay. But because nobody else does anything in this movie or is the focus of it, Tom Cruise has to be John Wick. That's just me. I don't want to get rid of Keanu, yeah. but who else is Tom Cruise going to be? So that's he's, just my he's opinion. He's not Yosef. He can't he's, be Yosef. He's not, we don't, I mean, he's a pussy. Vigo, we, we don't have enough time with him except at the end. Could Tom Cruise have played Daisy? I was just going to say that. <laughs> Dress his ass oh like God. a beagle. I think we're ready to sign off. Get that $5,000 dog he shit out be there because they the couldn't though? play. Marcus? Huh? He could play. He could play Marcus. They're the same age. They're the same age. 
He couldn't be his mentor. He's the same age. That's true. You're was right. he a mentor? Yeah, he's his mentor. Yeah, Willem really? Dafoe's yeah, like 80. Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe's his mentor in this movie. So then Perkins. He could have been Perkins. Per- if did Perkins, they... Perkins, yeah, he could have been Perkins. Yeah, he yeah. could have been Perkins. Yeah. Well, wait, when did they establish that they were men- he was his mentor? Uh, I think it was like when they're like. When he gave him the contract. When he gave him the contract. Oh, because he had like close ties to him. Yeah. Taught him everything he knew. He's like, do you want to expect, or uh, do you want to accept this? And it was the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. We watch it for three ninety nine. I gotta catch that. You need to. I'll give all of you my Amazon Prime password, so my three ninety nine will go to good use. I still have it for like fourteen days. All right. So, uh, yeah. In the words of Tom Cruise, Uh, you're missing one thing. Pun counter. Oh, Oh, pun counter. All right. What is it? What is it? Jason has two. Okay. Mugs has three. Oh, (laughs) Jason's last. Erwin got seven. Interesting. It's not bad. Erica eight. Oh. Dom, 9.5. I guess Dom's back. <laughs> Does that give Erica another one? Because that really changes the give game. anyone a straight answer. <laughs> All right, we're good. Fuck you, Sally. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening.